Good evening and welcome to February's Book Club with our panel Jean Fairburn, Felicity Radcliffe and Alice Goulding. This month we are reviewing Shuggy Bane. This is the debut novel by Scottish-American writer Douglas Stewart, published in 2020. It tells the story of the youngest of three children, Shuggy, growing up with his alcoholic mother Agnes in the 1980s post-industrial working class Glasgow. The novel was awarded the 2020 Booker Prize, making Stuart the second Scottish winner of the prize in its 51-year-old history, following James Kelman in 1994. Shaggy Bain was also a finalist for the 2020 National Book Award for Fiction and a finalist for the 2020 John Leonard Prize for the best first book from the National Book Critics Circle. The novel opens in 1992 when Hugh Shuggy Bain is 15 years old and living alone in a boarding house in Glasgow. He aspires to be a hairdresser whilst working shifts at a supermarket deli. He leaves work placing tin cans of fish in his bag. In 1981, five-year-old Shuggy is living in a tenement flat in Sighthill with his paternal grandparents, Woolly and Lizzie, his mother Agnes Bain and his father Hugh Shugbane his half-brother Leek and his half-sister Catherine. Shaggy's father is mostly absent, working as a cab driver and having affairs with other women. Agnes is a beautiful woman, often compared to Elizabeth Taylor, but she is unfulfilled by her life and takes to drinking. The following year, Shug moves the family into a council flat in Pithead for families of workers of the local mine. He ultimately abandons the family there leaving them to live with Joni Micklewhite, the dispatcher of his cab company. Agnes desires a life of glamour, taking pride in her appearance, but her unhappiness drives her reliance on alcohol. Meanwhile, Shuggy is bullied at school and in the neighbourhood for not fitting in and for being effeminate. Shuggy often misses school to act as his mother's caregiver during her hangovers. Agnes's parents die and her daughter marries young, moving to South Africa. Agnes's alcoholism worsens and she is taken advantage of by abusive men. Her future looks brighter when she starts going to Alcoholics Anonymous meetings and takes a job as a petrol station attendant. She manages to stay off drink completely for a year, during which time she meets a cab driver named Eugene, whom she begins to date. Eugene often drinks in front of her during dinners. He eventually convinces Agnes to drink a glass of wine and she relapses into alcoholism. Put off by her alcoholism, Eugene leaves her. After a sexual assault at a party she attends when drunk, Agnes downward spirals and loses her job. She makes multiple suicide attempts over the next few years. Agnes's alcoholism continues to alienate her from her children. In one of her drunken rages, she kicks Leek out of the house. Despite her behaviour, Shaggy maintains an unwavering devotion to her. The two of them move to a more inner city neighbourhood and Agnes promises to stop drinking. But unable to change their circumstances, their relationships become strained as Shaggy grows older. In a drunken stupor, Agnes dies after inhaling her own saliva. Back in 1992, Shuggy gives the tins of fish to his friend Leanne, who gives them to a homeless, alcoholic mother.
Not the happiest of novels, but let's see what the panel think. Over to you, ladies. Felicity, you're the one that recommended the book this month. Can we start off with you? What are your feelings about reading this rather troubling book, I feel? So, Sue, in your intro, you say that the that the book is about Shuggy. So my my first thought is actually, for me, it's not a book about Shuggy. It's a book about Agnes, Shuggy's mother, and her descent into, into alcoholism. I actually thought that Agnes was an absolutely fascinating character. For me, she was like a modern Glaswegian Madame Bovary who was kind of yearning for a better life and sort of thought she deserved a better life and had been a great beauty and thought that that might be the passport to better things. But obviously the book charts her the gradual way that her life unfolds and unravels with tragic consequences. My first point is actually I would have liked to have seen the full transformation of Agnes from what she actually was, you know, the highest point in her life, to what she became. So when you first meet Agnes in the book, she is already, her life is already spiralling out of control. You know, she's she's left her her boring but quite steady husband for for the, the more exciting Shug. Again, I thought there was a parallel with Madame Bovary who did something similar there. But can, I, she, can I just can I just interrupt you for a second, Fliss? The, the title of the book is Shuggy Bain, not Agnes Bain. That's correct, yes. Yes. But my contention is that it isn't a book about Shuggy, it's a book about Agnes. For me, okay. for me, she is the central character in the book. Okay. Uh, and the point the point the main point that I saw was that when we meet her she's already on the downward slope and I would have actually liked the book to have begun earlier so that you could see the full extent of her transformation I think that would have actually been for me more sort of dramatically satisfying you know rather than rather than her already already been on being on a slippery slope when you first meet her having said that i think she was a really really fascinating character the bit in the book that i i found most effective was when she actually succeeded in getting off the booze i think for about a year and actually she was kidded not kidded that's probably the wrong word she was lured into um, resuming her drinking by unscrupulous Machiavellis and uh, and their boyfriend that they used to ensnare her. And actually, I found that description incredibly affecting, you know, when she has that one glass of warm white wine that she didn't actually enjoy. And suddenly, you know, she not only is she is she back where she started, but her decline from that point on really accelerates. And I found that incredibly sad. I would just really have liked to have seen what she was before, you know, what she started out as. There were hints at it that she when she was a kind of vibrant, self-confident teenager, but you didn't really feel the full extent of it. And it was interesting, I thought, what the, the reaction to her beauty, you know, it seemed to make men and women 
want to ruin her and they say that that Shug likes to lower women and I thought that came across really strongly so having you said so obviously the title is Shuggy Bane not Agnes Bane and you know Shuggy for me felt like a minor character uh, a more minor character but the description of his abuse was absolutely heartbreaking i thought and the realization that he is somehow different but he's got nobody to help him and nobody to to support him is beautifully rendered but incredibly sad at the same time i thought the writing was amazing you know it's absolutely bristling with great descriptions often very visceral you know there's a lot of blood and phlegm and bones and and things in there you know it's not it's not an easy read but it is in my view incredibly well written i thought it was raw i thought it was relentlessly miserable in a sense you know it, it is it, it is not an easy read it can be deeply upsetting but i also thought it was a really affecting piece of piece of writing and then i was thinking about it again and thinking about my assumption that wanting to meet agnes earlier that her life her early life would somehow be better and i thought well actually maybe that's that's me sort of supposing maybe it actually was pretty grim from start to finish we knew that her parents had problems with alcohol as well so perhaps she never she never actually really was that that vibrant confident person perhaps her life was just end-to-end -end misery but i would have liked to have known known whether it was or not so in some in summary i did, didn't find it an easy read but i did I did find it a very worthwhile read. It felt that it it felt like it was autobiographical or semi-autobiographical. I mean, I always deliberately don't read any of the backstory about the author or any of the reviews, but it really had that re that ring of truth of it in it that this was actually something that the person writing had genuinely been through. And that made me think, oh, actually, perhaps that was why we didn't see that earlier Agnes, because if he, if the author was the son of somebody like Agnes, then he wouldn't have seen her when he was younger. So that was outside his frame of reference. So all that kind of went through my mind as well. I also found fascinating the role that religion played in it. So the sort of sectarian element that was kind of underlying the whole narrative, you know, Agnes Lee is a Catholic. She leaves her, her safe Catholic husband to go with this, this, uh, this Protestant kind of charmer, although it's hard to see his charm when his comb over is described in such, such sort of awful detail. But I digress slightly. I thought the whole religious theme to it was fascinating as well. And certainly, certainly rung true for me and some of my personal experiences. So yes, I thought it was hard going in places but i'm very glad that i've read it in summary so will you look forward to the next book by douglas stewart i wouldn't say i'd actually look forward to it but i would certainly read more more from him i think he's, what, i think he's very talented and what did you gain by reading the book i think i gained perhaps more of an understanding a slightly less than comfortable understanding of how sheltered people like me are in comparison to people who have lives like Agnes's and um, Shuggies and how lucky we are on some level. 
Um, I'll read out um, uh, uh, reviews later, but certainly from a lot of the reviews I read, the negative ones, the word cliché kept coming up time and time again. Well, I, all I can say is that that didn't really come up for me when, when I was reading it, but I'd be very interested, obviously, to hear what, uh, what Jean and Alice have to say. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's lovely, Fliss. Thanks very much, as this was the book that you recommended. Who recommended it to you to read it, or did you just see somewhere? That because it won the Booker Prize, you felt I must read it. Uh, not really. I don't always feel like I have to read the, um, books because they win the Booker Prize. I think uh, some other people I know who've read it. I know one one person in book club described it as relentlessly miserable, but that didn't put me off. But yeah. uh, you know, I just thought it would be it would be interesting to read something that. I thought perhaps might divide opinion a bit. So it'd be interesting to see what uh, what my uh, what my friends and colleagues think. Okay, that's lovely. All right, Fliss, thank you very much. And now we're going to go over to Jean. Oh well, well, as you, as you know, I have some relatives in the past who are uncomfortably close. Um, on the language, I'll get cliches. I totally agree. Um, I don't agree actually because I've read some reviews as well about. It was full of every cliche about Glasgow people. And yes. I said, it's true. <laughs> but it's true. And the sectarianism. I think I think um, cliches are often cliches for a reason, aren't they, Jean? Yeah. Perhaps yeah. those critics are people who actually haven't spent any significant amount of time in Scotland, like you and I both have. <laughs> well, well, I must admit that the that a lot of people actually were born in Glasgow, lived in Glasgow all their lives, had the same sort of um, upbringing as that, and they said it was full of cliché. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I'll just, well, first of all, I'll just mention the language first. He uses the word um, scheme, and of course, scheme, for, we'd call it housing estate. But of course, in America, they call it a project. So if you call it a project, then you would equate the English as a scheme. But it's not, it's a housing estate. So I thought that was a bit odd. And I assumed it was because for an American audience, they wouldn't understand housing estate, maybe. But they would, they would understand scheme. But I mean, you kept what, reading scheme. I thought, well, scheme, scheme. And of course, it was housing estate. But they okay. called it projects. But enough of that. The sectarianism was not a point that came up very much in the reviews that I read, but we know it exists and it's very, very real. I mean, I'm talking about my father's tales of Glasgow, well, south of Glasgow, actually, but it's all the same. And his brothers, this is in the 30s, in fact, used to go out hunting Catholics which is shocking, isn't it? But it happened. And the thing about the divide between London and um, Scotland, which people are always on about, I mean, really, the links are Belfast. I mean, Glasgow is much more like Belfast than it is London. It's mm -hmm. got, I mean, it's totally foreign land in comparison. But anyway, apart from that, Phyllis, that you've maybe romanticised Agnes a little bit because she was so typical. It was a wonderful bit of writing, though, wasn't it? And the way she she had her black tights, she had to have, and she spent so much time saving them, saving her clothes, trying to keep her neat, because to keep her neat was to keep her sober or looking sober. 
So there's this sort of disparity between how she looks and how she is. Absolutely pissed, but she looked sober because she looked smart. She was the smartest person on the um, estate. And of course, she was almost back to her roots, wasn't she? On a Catholic housing estate. Because of course, they were outside. The other thing was, there was a lot of talk in the reviews, a lot of talk about Thatcher's Scotland, and which is absolutely wrong, because Thatcher doesn't make you drink, nor does Catholicism make you drink, because <laughs> his brothers used to drink, and they were 13 children, all Protestant. So <laughs> it was a very mixed bag. So there are a lot of cliches, but I thought it was absolutely brilliant. So, so terribly well written, actually. And there was one review that said the form and the content didn't match. I thought, what do you mean? Contless, constant repetition of being drunk, the feeling that you're going to start again, the promises, all that stuff. So real, because we all know people who have drunk too much in the past. They all promise the world and deliver nothing. And there's times that Shelby gets his hopes up and he's dashed. I thought it was terribly, terribly sad. I didn't really want to read it at first. I thought that was going to be horrible. It's going to be endless poverty, endless Thatcher bashing, etc. But it wasn't. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't. I see it's translated into all sorts of languages. Uh, fair enough. There was a, there was some nice bits. There was the clouds that he described, which were wonderful. But um, on the whole, positive things, well, a kind of mantle, male mantle. There was a lot of him in it. To say that he's not in it is daft because it was, God, it was seedy, wasn't it? It was sexual. But the sectarianism, I think, that um, Phyllis mentions and I've mentioned is missing in a lot of the reviews because I think if you, unless you've been there, you don't realise how ingrained it is and how linked Belfast and Glasgow are. A lot of my uncles, some unfortunate events in their lives, they all married Irish girls from County Down, that area, Protestants of Orange. And um, there was this sort of toing and fro between Belfast and Glasgow um, that you wouldn't be aware of unless you'd been up there, I think, or you'd listen to your parents talk. And the other thing is the sugar, sugar. I had an aunt Susan, Susie. They used to call her Shuji. I thought, what's the matter with them? They haven't got their teeth in or something. And there was Shuji. And I don't know why they put the H before or after the S, but they do. And that's really wonderful to say. We really haven't talked much about the story of the book. Well, the story Dang. is just endlessly depressing well, well yeah and it's just like seeing it's like an alcoholic's life you're waiting for the breakthrough and you're waiting and you're waiting and you wait okay have you read any other similar books um no but i've seen it <laughs> with flesh yeah, yeah. No, 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 that's not a criticism. It was just me asking. 
do you think it's very similar to other books along the same line of you know downfall into alcoholism well the other the only other books i've read i mean then someone or one of the reviewers compared dougie to dickens which i thought was stretching it a bit but i thought it was much more elizabeth gaskell actually than charles dickens the hopelessness i think if it'd been a male character as the lead main protagonist uh, it would have been different because it was female you're uh, you are disempowered from the off you know mm -hmm. in such a macho society because it is a very macho society i mean have you ever argued with the scots well you just have to be ready to run that's all okay. that's a horrible cliche <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's true okay um, okay all but, right but i loved it i loved it you loved it i loved it because all my uncles were called hugh the ones that ended up badly <laughs> and um <laughs> and i thought ah, oh, i felt really at home in it and um pity but there it is you felt at home in it wow well yeah because my dad talks like that we did right okay all right jean so i wonder what you're going to say are you going to agree with felicity and jean i don't know i mean i i really struggled with this novel it it was set in glasgow 40 years ago so some of it reminded me some especially some of the descriptions took about my to, to my own childhood because i was brought up in edinburgh um in the 60s and 70s and i actually went to a segregated school so one side was Catholic and the other side was Protestant. So that all sort of rang true for me. One of my friends, in fact, she she was Protestant and her husband was Catholic. And when they wanted to get married, they actually couldn't find a minister who would marry them because they were of differing. So they actually had to get married in a hotel by a retired minister who would marry them because one of them was Protestant, the other was Catholic. So it, it does, it is still, um, but this is sort of, 30, 40 years ago. So um, anyway, that, so that's all about the, the religious aspect. I, that rang true to me. The other thing was the, there's a lot of rival. When I, when I was at school there, there was, used to be lots of rivalry between the kids on the council estate and the kids on the housing estate where the parents had actually bought their own homes. So there used to be lots of different sort of things going on there. So again, that sort of rang a little bit true as well. I thought it was lots of gritty realism so if you want to read a book about the lives of flawed characters that are self-destructive and cruel then this is the book for you personally i didn't really enjoy it it was like watching a car crash sort of exploitation and sad lives grinding poverty and hopelessness and i think Fliss said it as well relentless misery that that all uh, that's what came out of it for me. I, I mean, I struggled to finish it. I did read it from beginning to end, but I did struggle. Uh, one of the one of the quotes on the back of the book said that it was compassionate, gripping, portrait of addiction, courage, and love. And that was the, what the judges of the Booker Prize said. I can see why they did do it because it was a powerful piece of writing. So I can see why he did win the Booker Prize. However, the Booker Prize judges always seem to value characters that suffer and have terrible ordeals to face and the sort of romance books happy fluffy books never seem to get the credit that they deserve yet they 
you know provide hours and hours of enjoyment for people and it's i i personally think romance is totally underrated and yet books like this that nobody really enjoys but feels they ought to read are the ones that are lauded and given booker prizes so that's my little axe to grind there um, <laughs> um, <I hadn't> noticed. <laughs> but yeah i mean yeah but basically it was a book about addiction it bringing out the worst in people I didn't like a single character in the book. I thought they were all selfish and nasty. Was it a product of the poverty they endured? Or was it just that any kindness was viewed as weakness and stamped out, you know, when they were young or ground out, I suppose, to be more accurate, because they lived in awful poverty all the time. It was really about Shuggy's struggle to survive, I think. And to survive, Shuggy ended up you know, he was bullied and exploited and he had no one to rely on but himself. And in the end, he became like every other character in the book. The, the one line in the book that really sort of summed it up to me was Agnes's hate for her. And he, it's talking about Joan, Janie Micklewhite, the, one, the woman that took her husband away from her. Uh, Agnes's hate for her was as ingrained in him as knots in wood. So... That's what happened to poor Shug Chuggy, you know, from his mother. Yes. So, I, I mean, I, I couldn't see anything nice happening even at the end of the book. You know, even at the end of the book, I envisaged poor old Chuggy dying young, probably from AIDS. And his friend Leanne, who he sort of buys some strawberry tarts for whilst, his, uh, whilst she sort of gives these tins of whatever to her alcoholic mother, um, I, I reckon she'd end up being murdered and a body thrown into the Clyde because that was mentioned a few times throughout the novel, all these bodies that were being found in the Clyde at the time. And I could see Leanne ending up dead in the Clyde, uh, you know, at a very young age. So I didn't find it the least bit uplifting and I found the whole thing thoroughly depressing and I didn't enjoy it a bit. So there we go. <laughs> That's my view on it. And no, I, although his writing is spectacular, and very powerful and all the rest of it i didn't enjoy the book and i definitely wouldn't read another one of his so and you did you do you agree with felicity that you thought the book was really about agnes i think she was what they call an inciting incident <laughs> i mean i think she was the pivot everything pivoted around what she was doing chuggy oh it was all react it was all reactive to what she was doing in her life i mean i think the book was supposed to be about Shuggy but it was how he related to everything that she did and how he reacted to and, and how everybody else reacted to what she was doing in her life because everybody else like the, the father leaving her was because of her alcoholism so she was the, the pivot about she was the little world that they all sort of rotated around um, and everything that they did sort of hinged on her but I think it was really all about about Shuggy's reactions and how he coped with the the fallout from what she did to everybody around her, her parents, her, his dad, uh, his siblings, and all the rest of it. So I don't know. I think it was I think it was um, a protagonist and antagonist. I'm not quite sure which way around it would which way around it would be really. I think she was the antagonist and he was the protagonist. But um, that's just my take on it. Okay. Uh, now let me read the two reviews I have, and then I'll be very interested to hear your comments after these reviews. So I'll give you the positive review first. This is a lady called Van, gave it five stars. 
worthy winner of the booker some books never leave you once read they sit in the background of your mind resurfacing whenever life confronts you with the story's subject matter in the same vein as Yanagihara's A Little Life, also shortlisted for the Booker Prize, Shaggy Bain is brutal to the point of having to put this book down at times. This is not a light or easy read. It is a journey into the lives of people broken by their circumstances and upbringing, yet filled with unfiltered love. You will cry with sadness, anger and despair. I live just outside Glasgow at the end of the time in which this book was set. My ex-wife was equal to Shaggy's mother, Agnes, in her descent into alcoholism and her children who lived through their wor her worst excesses. No other book or film I have seen or read has portrayed alcoholism more accurately than this one. It is stark, it is painful to witness, it is reality. My time in Scotland helped me hugely with this book. I'm sure many will struggle with the language and vocabulary used. In an interview, the author said that both he and the publishers for reasons of authenticity wanted to keep the Glaswegian slang and vocabulary. This book is not just a story of the child and his alcoholic mother, it is a documentary of the poverty and deprivation in Glasgow in the 1980s. It is a page turner and is beautifully crafted by the author. A book that could and should win the man booker, it is a future classic. Read this book, but pick your time because it will affect you. I really hope a sequel is planned the next stage of Shaggy's life will have much to tell. I, for one, would love to share in his journey into adulthood. Well, I'm sure you won't, uh, Alice. No, uh, <laughs> I, I can't see that him, him having a very happy adulthood, to be honest. And in fact, I don't even think he'll survive into adulthood. So it should be interesting <laughs> okay. to see if he does actually manage to write a sequel with Shuggy and how and whether he dies in his 20s or or not frankly okay <laughs> I would say for that reviewer I agree with her I think the comparison with A Little Life was a very valid one I think A Little Life is a vastly superior novel to this one even though I like Shuggy Bane a lot A Little Life if you think this one's a hard read A Little Life is much harder but I also think it's a stronger novel and it's got a great ensemble cast in it. So if any listeners are reading Shuggy Bane and enjoyed Shuggy Bane and think they can take something that's even more hard hitting, I would wholeheartedly recommend A Little Life. Okay, thanks. And Jean, you wanted to say something? I would just say that it's best read listening to Jimmy Somerville. You know, the falsetto. <laughs> I was a lonely boy. Uh, you know, he's the outcast. He's, he's gay. He has to leave. Mm. Great. Well, a great boy. record. Great record. Okay. All right. Well, let me just give you the negative one. This is Jeannie. Two stars. I ordered this book without reading reviews first, and this is written before referring to the views of others too. I am a minor's daughter who also grew up in hard times, but this book and the persons portrayed within it are alien to me. The men are pure misogynist wasters and the women doormats to those men. I found my anger growing throughout the book. It is sad that the heroine is an alcoholic and weakened by her addiction, but the manner in which all around her were portrayed, her family, her neighbours, everyone became so overwhelmingly horrid as to head towards the unbelievable. There was no real explanation of folk trying to help. Are we to believe that the fellow AA members, for instance, were not greater in their support? Where was her mentor, for instance? I feel sure one is always allocated to help getting by, yet there was no mention. There are scenes of women fretting over men in this book, 
in ways that are just so out there to be ridiculous. Tearing a dress to reveal no underwear, for instance. What rubbish. Other scenes of men, decent ones, hardworking men, no doubt, taking every opportunity to get their leg over with a near to a comatose partner seems close to far-fetched. And the rapes, so many bad men in this world, it seems, but worse still, no one willing to help. How can you portray a whole community in such a cruel and vindictive way? It comes over as spiteful and, dare I say, childlike, though perhaps that was the aim, to be from Shaggy's point of view, he being the one with learning difficulties as well as being gay. There was no joy in this book, and it shames the communities it is meant to portray, and it shames Scotland. I did not like it. The complete bleakness of it all was just too much, leading to incredulity and a feeling of sensationalising and overstatement. The even sadder thing is that this book is a prize winner. Shame on you, Mr. Stewart. Shame on you. Wow. Your comments, please. Where does she come from? Well, she said she was a miner's daughter from Glasgow. Well, she's got rosy glasses on then, hasn't she? I don't know. I, I, this is a part of the world I know absolutely nothing about, so I can't comment on that. I did well, think that. I think I think it was a little bit on the harsh side that particular one. Um, you know, it, some of the characters. I didn't like the characters. I thought they were all far too flawed, and none of them had any nice things about them at all. So I agreed with that bit. But towards the end of it, I think she did slightly over overstate her position. But so did you go. feel did did you feel when reading the book that there was help at hand or not or it was all I, I didn't no the, no there wasn't there wasn't any mention of you know um, mentors and stuff like that in the AA she didn't have any numbers to call when Eugene forced forced the issue about the wine and things like that and she didn't call them but I mean I suppose in those days they maybe she didn't have a 2p for a telephone box you know and maybe the, there weren't any telephone boxes that were working you know <laughs> so um and people didn't all have phones so it might not have been in those days it might have been quite difficult to get hold of an AA member when you were desperate and things like that so I don't know what the reality was in that situation okay Jean well if you think that Scotland has got the worst drug abuse um, rates in well definitely the UK but further afield yes um, is there not you can't help thinking either they've got it wrong or there's a kind of fatal flaw somewhere a fatal flaw yeah. in what well in, 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 well, in society or, or, or those people the Glaswegians well how can I say if you think about Roman Catholicism and you're Protestant what do you go for you go for the drunk person don't you I mean if you look at the caricatures of the Irish happy drunk yeah yeah so happy drunk but unhappy drug addicts I mean what I'm saying is if you've got a personality that needs a prop and let's face it the weather and the social conditions, if they were different, um, are there not always people that are self-destructive? Are there not always people that put their knees before obligations? Like Sugar, I mean, he could have starved. He could have been dead in a ditch. She wouldn't have, Agnes wouldn't have known, wouldn't have cared. She only cared about the next can. And mm -hmm. we've all known people like that, have we not? 
Yes, yes. Yeah. Can I, can it's I... a bit true. Yeah, please. So um, that reviewer was saying, why didn't you get more help from people? I would venture to suggest that the reason she didn't was because she was actually trying to set herself apart from them, which was why she kept herself so nice. She wore her high heels. She tried to look beautiful every day, was part of her saying kind of, I'm not like you. I'm not like the other people in the scheme. I'm different. And I think that's what set the other women in the scheme against her because they thought that she was she thought that she was something special and she was trying to elevate herself above them and they all had a negative reaction to that and i think that's that is one reason why she didn't get support from the community around her and not only did she not get support they actively wanted to bring her down which is why so my reading of it was that the mcavenies introduced eugene into the mix to get her back on the booze and actually to hasten her decline. And the reason they did that was because she was setting herself above them and they wanted to bring her down. And I think there was also the other element, pure jealousy, that she, she was beautiful when she was younger and people are motivated sometimes to bring these people down when they think that they, they've got something that they, that they want. So yeah, it wasn't pleasant, it was antagonistic, but I think there were, there were reasons for her not getting the support that the reviewer thinks that she should have got. Okay, so in closing, would you recommend people reading this book? And if so, what reason would you have to read it? Fliss? I would recommend that if, if people like a bit of gritty, gritty sort of hard hitting, content in their books to read it. I have to say, I agree completely with Alice's comment about it being terribly sad and unfair that romance doesn't get a look in with a booker. And I would actually love to see depictions of real life up and down romance between you know, normal, I'm doing the quotation marks thing, um, people. I would love to see that winning um, the booker. And it used to be popular and there are great writers out there who depict it but it does seem that actually only gritty stuff about minority communities has a hope with the book in these days and i think that's a shame and i would cheer from the rooftops if a great romance won the booker so i do agree okay. with alice about that yeah and jean well i think the scottish addison base level and a realistic lower case level there's a survival instinct in scots people because they had to put up with so much historically that there's a sort of survival instinct and let's face it how many romantic scotsmen does anyone know there's got to be a few but i'm sure um, there are come on <laughs> but there's many more piss takers if you excuse that French, well, it's not French, no, Pissoir. Uh, um, they are, they've got good hearts, but they will not show it because to show it is a sign of weakness. So if they love you and you're with their child, they will buy you Mars bars and things, rot your teeth. But will they show you affection? Nah, because that will make them vulnerable. 
So would you say that then about Robbie Burns? Robbie Burns? Mm. Well, he was just trying to stay alive, I think. <laughs> through his poetry? Alive. Through his poetry? Well, he's got a little mouse and, you know, I wouldn't say he was particularly romantic. I mean, he was he kind of exploited the people that he landed on, really. Sort of lived off them wrote a few poems. So, Jean, you're recommending this month, and your book is? Missing Sister, Lucinda Riley. And that's in the Sunday Times bestseller, I understand. Okay, ladies, so uh, that will be for next month. Now, I asked uh, Alice last month her 10 top authors that she would take on a desert island. Yes. So, so did I, you... I have done it. I have done oh, it. Oh, excellent. So I've had a good think. And I really, really struggled just to pick 10. So um, obviously, my, you're, nobody's going to be surprised that Jane Austen is my favourite. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously, Pride and Prejudice is my favourite novel. So that's mm -hmm. no surprise there. My second is Julia Quinn of the Bridgerton fame. Yeah. I love her books. And my favourite one of hers is To Catch an Heiress. So I love that one. And I would definitely I keep I read that about five times and I still find it funny. Georgette Heyer, I, I love and I found it very, very difficult to pick one of hers because she actually invented the Regency romance. Um, so she has written some absolutely fantastic ones. Um, Lady of Quality, Great Heroine, Regency Bark, um, um, Bath Tangle. That's also quite fun. So it was really difficult to choose which one to have from Georgette Heyer. So the next thing I've got Jean will like is Oscar Wilde, anything by Oscar Wilde. I absolutely love Oscar Wilde. But my favourite is actually one of his children's stories and that's The Selfish Giant. I think that's such a sweet story. It makes me cry every time I read it, even now. So I thought I would mention George Eliot because I quite like George Eliot. I liked her Silas Marner and um, possibly Middlemarch as well. They, they're my sort of two favourites of hers. My next author would be E.M. Forster because I absolutely love A Room with a View. I think that's a fantastic novel. Really, really enjoyed that one. And I ought to put in one of the Brontes. Um, so my vote goes with The Tenant of Wildfield Hall with, by Anne Bronte. I, I actually think that one is one of the best Brontes, which isn't quite what, I don't think it's quite the classic that everybody else seems to, everybody goes for Jane Eyre, but I actually prefer The Tenant of Wildfell Hall. Um, autobiography. Now I have gone for an autobiography. I read Kate Ade's, uh The Kindness of Strangers, and I just thought it was an absolutely wonderful autobiography, and I would heartily recommend it to anybody. She's an she's a journalist, so her writing is spectacular. And she, I mean, she's she you know she was on. It's all it's got the tenant I can't say it's at Tenanum Square, um, and and when she was over in Afghanistan and all this sort of it. So it's absolutely fantastic. Uh, book. Yeah, I would yeah. definitely recommend that one. Um, now I wasn't quite sure my ninth choice. I wasn't quite sure whether to go for sci-fi or crime. Um, so sci-fi, Asimov, Arthur C. Clarke, they're some of the, the better ones. But in the end, I plumbed for The Hitchhiker's Guide for, to the Galaxy by yeah. Douglas Adams. I mean, I think that's just a fantastic sci-fi book. Hilarious. Um, now, I, I was going to mention Agatha Christie, but actually, if it's like a desert island, discs, I think Agatha Christie should be up there with Shakespeare and the Bible. 
So um, that's why I sort of haven't put in any books by Agatha Christie, but I definitely take one of hers. Um, okay. And then my 10th choice is, um, is my very, very favourite children's book by Mary Stewart, and it's called The Little Broomstick. And I love this book to bits. Um, I still have my childhood copy, and every so often it comes out and I read it when I'm feeling particularly lovely of it even now okay. <laughs> so I don't even know whether you can still get it. I don't even know whether it's still in print but it is an absolutely lovely book that's lovely Alice I've got less than one minute so uh, Felicity can we come up with your turn next month please Thank you very much indeed have a good month enjoy your reading and I'll talk to you all again soon bye for now bye, bye.